handheld, coffee, microphone, recording, lights, camera, recording. All right, let's just jump into it. How you all doing guys? Brandon here. And this is something new that I want to start. You may have seen it over on Twitter. I asked you guys if you'd be interested and if you have any questions. And it's basically a weekly podcast slash Q&A video. Very laid back. It's going to be kind of like one cut. I just turn on the camera and talk to you. You can grab a coffee, sit back, relax. You can even work while you listen to this. There isn't going to be much on your screen in terms of editing and uh, B-roll. It's just going to be me talking about a certain subject and answering your questions. So welcome to the first episode of Retrospect, a retro gaming podcast that I want to start as a weekly show. So if you do enjoy it, please do let me know in the comments below. Hit that like button. Uh, and if you do enjoy it, I'll be making episodes as we currently go. It's just good for more content while we're all self-isolated and it gives me something to do and chuck up more content for you guys to enjoy. So basically, first of all, if you have any comments, drop them in the comment section below. I'll read them out in the second episode, which comes out every Friday for as long as I can do it, basically. And while I've got the time, you should be fine for a good few weeks. Now, in this episode of Retrospect, I want to talk about the future of Chinese handhelds. I do get a lot of questions about this, and I can see China really pumping out some serious stuff over the next 12 to 24 months. Now... We've got a ton of handhelds that have came out, like the Retro Game, the new one that came out, um, the Retroid Pocket, which is coming in. And if you don't know, Retro Game has officially released and is selling a metal version, which is upgraded. I do have that coming in from China. Uh, it's very, very hard. I struggle to get hold of this and struggle for anyone to send it because the shipping is obviously incredibly high anyway and it needs to get through all of the checks and stuff as it comes from china so that is coming in and also the retroid pocket which i've heard good things i had the pal kitty a19 that was quite terrible but hopefully this retroid pocket will be a lot better and it is trust me now a few things that i want to go over in terms of the future of chinese handhelds is what will we see and what good stuff have we seen in previous handhelds now the top handhelds that i can see at the moment are the retro game 350 the bitboy pocket go and then you've got some bigger ones like i've got in this currently many of you may know this many of you may not this is the moki i7s an android based phone it is actually a phone you hold this giant brick up to your ear somehow but it has uh, all of your um, emulation games on it using uh, apps from the Android system, plus it, it's running the Pandora box inside, which is also now called the Retroid box, I think. And it's basically got all of the buttons built into this handheld. And it looks like a 2020 PS Vita. So I got this in about a week ago. There is so much testing I need to do with it. It's not an easy pick up and play handheld. Uh, you have to do a lot of... Um, uh, button mapping and everything but there will be a review coming up on that and that to me is one of the most high-end handhelds i have seen come out of china so far now you do get your classic um smartphone gaming tablets that come out but this is primarily for you know android games and retro gaming and it's 300 so that is as expensive as i can see china going over the next 12 months if they go any higher you're competing with the Nintendo Switch, and in my opinion, as much as I love retro gaming, you can't get the quality quality of the Nintendo Switch out of China through these cheap um, 
handhelds. Uh, so definitely keep that in consideration if you're going to a high-end um, handheld. Now, what do I want from all these handhelds coming out of China next? I basically want Wi-Fi and I want Bluetooth, Bluetooth connectivity in every single handheld. Now, the Retroid Pocket does have this, which allows you to download ROMs from uh, your handheld straight from Wi-Fi, which is really, really interesting. And it helps so many people who don't know how to install and download ROMs straight from the software inside. So that's really cool if it's got Wi-Fi, plus you can update the software without having to stick in an SD card into your laptop. And Bluetooth connectivity is also a must. Imagine the Retro Game 350 plugged into your TV and then you can connect up to four different controllers. You can then play PlayStation 1 games. Obviously down the line, if the Retro Game, which it should, uh, start getting more powerful, imagine N64 on that thing and then plugging that into your TV and having the ability to just take around a handheld to your friends, plug the HDMI in, connect your 8-bit do controllers, and then you can start playing four-player Mario Kart from your pocket. And that's where I want to see everything go. Bluetooth connectivity and Wi-Fi. Hopefully, in less than a hundred dollar handhelds. Now, the Retroid Pocket does do this and that's why we've rated it so high on our website. It's because it can do that. You can just take this handheld to your friend's house and you can connect up a ton of uh, games through Bluetooth on your controllers and just connect it via HDMI and you're you're ready to go. So I do wanna see that. And like, like I said, the price ranges as well. This Retroid Pocket is $80 and it has this technology. So you can definitely see this coming into newer handhelds over the next year or two. Uh, hopefully BitBoy gets involved with that. Well, BitBoy, they're going for that $50 price range, which is perfect for a lot of us. Like that is as much as some people want to pay for a handheld. Once you start getting to the 80, 90 region, that's a little bit like an investment. Not many people can afford it. And that is a semi-expensive handheld. So anything above $100, you're not going to get as many sales as you do the BitBoy Pocket Go version 2. So I can't see BitBoy doing this anytime soon. I can see Retro Game and Pow Kitty doing it. Uh, we just have to keep an eye out. And obviously on the channel, we will keep you 100% updated through that and as the time goes by we're going to get uh, higher end cpus within these handhelds so you can start seeing these pocket-sized handhelds being able to play playstation 1 n64 emulation easy 100 easy fluid that's what i want in the next six months i want the retro game to be able to play the n64 with no problems at all and Maybe in a year or two, we'll start seeing these little handhelds in the $50 to $100 price range start playing GameCube, Dreamcast, and you never know PS2. I don't think PS2 is going to be anytime soon. I think we're going to be waiting uh, until 2021 to see those kind of handhelds come out. The nearest one I can think of is there's one on AliExpress that you have to kind of build yourself. That's $500 for a PS2 handheld. And that like... I've been wanting to cover that for some time, but that's just, it's just a crazy price for that. And obviously the guy behind it who's building them is building it by hand, so fair play to him, but it's just not consumer friendly yet. That's why we like to stick to things you can actually buy for a reasonable price. So definitely this year, I think towards the end of the year, you'll start seeing GameCube and Dreamcast on these little handhelds, but PlayStation 2 and anything bigger, we will have to wait. People are saying, when will the Xbox handheld come out? Now that, the Xbox was one of my most played consoles ever, like near the GameCube, uh, Game Boy hours. So seeing that come out 
will be insane, but it's a lot trickier. You need a very high-end CPU and putting that in pocket form is gonna be incredibly tricky, but you never know. I reckon 2022 will see that, um, but you never know. I think Microsoft could come out with a miniature console uh, in that year or before that around the Xbox mini. So you never know. There's gonna be a lot of competition, but I think we'll get there in 2021. Now, plastic, metal, you know, people like plastic because it's cheaper, but as you can see, the Retro Game 350 has got a big upgrade and it's gone to the metal shell. The D-pads moved and everything. You've got a slightly better screen. Like, people want metal. Like, it just feels great. It's it's It just feels something like... The, retro, the, the metal Retro Game 350 literally feels like Nintendo has made it themselves. It's so well made, it's so well crafted, it's heavy, it feels good in the hand, and it's just, I think, people will want that. Now, if the BitBoy goes down the pocket, uh, uh, metal, sorry, that will be really, really cool. Um, even stuff like this, like the high-end $300, this is still plastic. This handheld here is still plastic, but obviously it allows you to rip off the back, but everyone's got a screw anyway. Like, we just need more metal. It, it, that, but that's obviously a personal preference in my opinion. A lot of you like your plastic, it keeps the price cheaper, but I do like a good metal handheld that can play all of these games. But none of like, a lot of you will be saying, oh, just get the analog pocket when it comes out. Now that is gonna be a serious, serious handheld. And I think I'm gonna do that in an extra episode of Retrospect, talk about the analog pocket, how it's gonna compete with others, who it's kind of aimed at. The analog pocket is going to be a very, very big seller. And it's definitely gonna pump up the prices of the cartridges as well. But that's the kind of quality I want out of China. The metal build, you know, the, the incredible company behind it that you can trust and actually talk to their damn support. That's also like what I really do hate about these Chinese handhelds. You're buying it off of AliExpress in this tiny little website, but you don't really know what the hell is going on. There's no real support and you just gotta go to forums, Reddit and videos like ours to find out how to actually use it. So hopefully China will come out with, you know, a huge, upgrade in terms of support, but I can't see a company doing that. The nearest is probably BitBoy or Moki who made that handheld, but like the retro game and the Pow Kitty stuff, my God, there's no support. You can't get support anywhere. You have to figure it all out by yourself. Now, moving on to like the more portable handhelds that I wanna see emulated, and it's obviously the Nintendo DS. The Retroid Pocket that we wrote about and reviewed on our site a few days ago that we will be having a video on in a couple of weeks does do Nintendo DS emulation. and But it's only got one screen, and the way you get around that is that the, the second screen is in the top right corner, and you just press a button and it will switch, and then you hold another button and you can use cursor mode, which is like the touch-sensitive uh, screen on the DS, which you can use. And it's okay, but it's not perfect. Like I don't know who's gonna come out with that. Maybe GPD, who made the GPD XD, they might make a, make a dual screen that display for you know handhelds, but I just can't see anyone wanting to even go near that anytime soon because of Nintendo being so tight on the dual screen uh, games consoles. Like you'll definitely be getting a lawsuit if you do that. So I can't see dual screen handhelds coming out anytime soon in the next two to three years because Nintendo have that unlock quite well. Now, there are some new handhelds coming out in the near future, which are incredible quality, like the Z Pocket game, for example. That is, I think, another Android-based game, and that looks really, really good quality. It's got a wide 
uh, a widescreen display on it with incredible definition and it just looks like something that when it comes out that's really going to ruffle some feathers in terms of uh, lower end handhelds. I can imagine this is going to be a $100 handheld, absolutely, um, and it's just going to be something that I think is going to cause a lot of people buying it because it does look good. It's got everything you need. It's got, I think it's got four shoulder buttons, analog sticks, all of that kind of stuff. And then you've got the smaller stuff like the Retro Game 300. That's gonna get an update, I'm pretty sure. You know, they like I've spoke to them on Twitter a few times and they're like, yes, it's coming. So when it's coming, I do not know. But a new Retro Game 300, they updated it about a year ago. It's due another update and I can imagine they will probably do a metal shell of it just like they've done the Retro Game 350, which is gonna be very, very interesting. If they have newer updated versions, with metal shells that you could potentially switch out, that will be really, really cool. And that's one thing I want these companies to do. I want them to go down the modular route. Now, stuff like Moki, like this one here, I keep coming back to this because this is a very, very high-end um, handheld, but these guys aren't gonna be modular at all. It's like the Retro Game 300, the BitBoy Pocket Go, the LDK Horizontal. There's the one, they are the ones where the community is modding into really, really cool looking handhelds. Like the Retro Game, I keep coming back to this because so many people's bought it. It's very, very popular and a lot of people are modding it. Uh, we've even got in new analog sticks for it. We've got in new buttons. You can get new um, displays for it. If you're not a fan of that Anbernic logo on it, you can actually buy new displays, which make it look cool. So we've actually got a PlayStation 1 coming. So hopefully we're gonna, we're gonna pimp the retro game into something that makes it a lot cooler. And that's where I wanna see these companies go down. I want BitBoy to come out with tons of different cases and designs for it. I want them to collaborate with illustrators I'm on Instagram to create these shells, change out the display, change out the buttons. If you want new uh, analog sticks, let the customers do that. And it's the same with the retro game. Let people buy different shells. Let's say you've got the plastic retro game. What's stopping you from buying a metal shell? I know they want to, you know, charge the full price of a new console, but I really do think if these companies in China who sell these handhelds are starting to listen to the community more, I really do think people like Analog uh, and those companies will really struggle to, to, you know, sell because if these Chinese handhelds get so good, so modular and so support and customer friendly, people are going to be like, Jesus, these things are so cheap. They work, they're powerful, and I can customize it to however I want. So I'm hoping to see China or these Chinese companies to really, really do that. I want new shells. I want new buttons, you know, and this is going to help them sell more and in turn make their products 100% better. There are some, you know, other handheld companies floating around in the mists on, upon AliExpress and just in China. There's one called the... Q400, which is apparently going to compete with the Retro Game 350. This is a larger handheld, less portable, but it's got a nice uh, bit of power in it. And hopefully that will be able to emulate PlayStation 1 and bigger games like the N64 on this for the same price. So competitors for us is good. We get more choice, but it's also good for us because it kicks these other companies in the ass in terms of getting the hustle on updating their hardware and just ever evolving the handhelds that come out of China. So I want to see China come out with better specs, 
Obviously, we're going to get more power as time goes by. I want them to really consider the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth route. Wouldn't it be great if you had Wi-Fi in these handhelds that could update software automatically and you could download ROMs and new bits of UI, uh, user interface systems and just overall looks of your handheld just via Wi-Fi. And again, the Bluetooth connectivity, you can do anything with that. You can send files. You could, um, you know, connect your Bluetooth controllers. Price ranges will have to stay under $100 to be competitive. If you stay under the $100 mark, people will buy it. And for me, I don't earn a lot of money. The If it's a under $100, I can seriously consider buying it. If it's over 100, that's when you're like, ooh, Okay, we're pushing towards the Nintendo Switch Lite price now, and that is something like that you just can't compete with uh, in terms of quality and you know games that you could buy for it. So keeping it cheap is definitely you know something that I need for China to really consider. Keeping it under the $100 mark will give them sales. So. That's kind of what I wanted to talk about, the future of these Chinese handhelds. They're all going to get more powerful. They're going to get more modular, I'm hoping, in terms of some handhelds you might even be able to upgrade yourself. You know, imagine buying one hand handheld, maybe for a premium price, let's say 150 but every year you can upgrade the processor. Bang, 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 $30, $40, whatever. There's your handheld for life. You don't need to go and buy the BitBoy, the BitBoy um, Pocket Go. You know, you, you just simply upgrade the CPU. Okay, you want in a new display, bang. That's why people are modding the Game Boy Color all the time because they're getting better displays. They're getting USB-C charging. They're getting, you know, better buttons. You can get silicon pads for your, your DMG Game Boy. Like people love it and it's creating a community around these little Game Boys because people just love modding it. And why don't you bring all of those assets and you know the customization into these handhelds? I know people are doing it on Etsy and stuff, but I want the companies behind them to start doing this and make it custom. I'd love to have a little custom uh, BitBoy Pocket Go version 2 with a atomic purple transparent shell with maybe larger analog sticks, customize the buttons. Like that would look absolutely insane and I would happily pump $50 into customizing that on top of the handheld. But no, they don't wanna do that. They, wanna, they want you to buy a whole new colored handheld for the same price. It's just not gonna happen. So I wanna see that come out of China and also wanna see the prices to be competitive as well so and we're gonna see more expensive handhelds like the Moki i7s admittedly they that came out like six to twelve months ago like it's an old handheld but you can update the software you can kind of keep it fresh it's powerful enough to last you two years playing comfortably but you know after that you're gonna need to buy another one and I, people can't start buying $300 handhelds every year but we will see. All we have to do is wait and see, but that's where I can see it going. I can see people going for wider screens now to emulate the PlayStation 1 and maybe even the PlayStation 2 and the larger game consoles. Um, but, you know, it's either you buy the cheaper handhelds or you go down the Android software. You buy an Android-based handheld, which are a little bit more expensive, but they are a bit more powerful and they're just a bit more user-friendly as well. So hopefully when those two start coming in at the same like 50 to $100 price range, which it is starting to do now, that's when you're going to get that serious. Do you go and buy the cheap Chinese one or do you go on Amazon and buy a Android-based um, handheld that a lot of people will know how to use? But that won't happen over the next couple of years. I think we're going to have to wait for that. It's still an early day for these Chinese handhelds. I remember 
maybe two, three years ago. They were just crappy little ones. You can see them on AliExpress. I reviewed a couple of them. They're just preloaded games, 501 they call it, and they are absolutely shocking. Like you wouldn't even give that to your, your, your best friend or even your, your children. It's that bad. But now, two years later, they're coming out with stuff like the Retro Game 350 that can play PlayStation 1 games no problem for like $80 to $70. Like that is insane over the next two years. And imagine the two years after that. Imagine in the next two years, you're going to get this GameCube, Nintendo DS handheld that can just play fluidly for I'm hoping $100 or less. So that's where I see the future of handhelds going in China. You've got stuff like Analog Pocket uh, coming out, which is obviously an American-based company. That's going to do some serious sales. But again, it's in a different market. It's in a different market for us uh, emulator players out there, even though we will be buying it. But again, Analog Pocket, or Analog, shall I say, need to be worried that China are going to keep up with this, these things. Because China... I think like three videos ago, I reviewed that fake Game Boy, which can play Game Boy cartridges. It was $28. It has a backlit screen uh, and it's just, and it had like games built in as well. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this thing's $28. It can play your old cartridges, has a backlit screen. The battery life is good and it comes with 500 games built in like Pokemon Mario and all that. Like that is, it was a good little handheld. And that's the stuff we're gonna keep seeing come out of China. And it's gonna compete, it's not, that won't compete with Analog Pocket, but people are gonna really consider being like, okay, this Analog Pocket is $200 plus the uh, the dock 250 more. Why don't I just get a Switch or why don't I just get a Retro Game 350M, you know? But we, we will have to see, it's all about weighing and seeing what happens. But as I've seen over the last two years, these things are getting more powerful, they're getting bigger, the displays are getting better, and now we're starting to see Wi-Fi and Bluetooth connectivity come into these things in the $70 to $80 price range, which allows you to go over your friend's house, connect some Bluetooth controllers, and just kick some ass and have fun with them. And I think that's where China are really going to beat you know, the Western and the more expensive consoles, because they just take risks. The only thing they do need, again, is support. You know, they need a company. They need a name behind these products. It's, you know, like Retro Game. Who makes that? Ambronic? The, like, they have. They don't even have AliExpress support, you know? Who knows? That's where I see it going. I've gone on a bit of a ramp, but that's what this podcast is all about. I don't know what to do next episode, so let me know. Uh, questions. That's what I needed to do. Questions. Let's get on to some of your guys' questions. I put out a couple of tweets and some Instagram stuff as well. Um, so let me just get those up. So James asks, uh, retro gaming movie reviews. Do I watch a lot of retro gaming movies? I still have yet to watch Sonic the Hedgehog. I do need to get into that. And that goes on to another question, like where are retro gaming movies going to go? Sonic came out. That did really, really well. Are we going to get a Spyro? Are we going to get like an Earthworm Jim TV show? I can see uh, a lot of companies wanting to buy these nostalgic brands and make characters around them, sell merch, and just get, you know, a ton of money from them. Like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie does look great. Like it's something I want to watch. It did well on sales. Like I see retro gaming movies coming in over the next few years. But I just want to see like, uh, you know... Maybe a TV show on Netflix. Like they did The Witcher. Why not get like a, a Spyro one? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I know it takes a lot of money to make them, but I think retro gaming movies are going to pop 
over the next couple of years. You never know, that could be another episode we talk about. Nice one, James. Appreciate that one. Fergus asks, uh, is the retro game 350 in the Playgo possible to connect via linking them via USB-C? No, unfortunately not, bud. Like, that would be cool as well. That could be something that we see in future Chinese handhelds. Linking together via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Like, it's quite, imagine that. You and your friends got retro game 350. You're playing Pokemon. Bang. Bluetooth connectivity, bang, you're sending each other or trading Pokemon, or if, even if they get in the odd link cable, how good would that be? So that's the possibilities that we could see come out of China if they start using Wi-Fi and Bluetooth connectivity. Like those two points are one of the strongest in this video, I think. They start doing that, there's so much potential uh, you could do with them. Can the Retro Game 350 handle PSP games? No, unfortunately not. The PSP needs to have a lot more power. The CPU needs to be bigger in order to power PSP. Like even the Retroid Pocket that I keep going back to reckons it can play PSP. Yes, 2D games, but once you get into the 3D games, it's incredibly hard to power. That's why you need something like the Moki i7s with a very strong processor that can play it. But again, that's in that category of PSP is, if you want PSP emulation, expect to pay over $100 for a decent emulating handheld. It's just that power to like time ratio. In a year or so, yeah, you could probably get a $100 or less handheld that can play it. So just wait out if you really, really want to. Like wait out for it a few months and see what happens. Like definitely keep an eye on the Z Pocket game. Definitely keep an eye on the Q400 handheld. Meme Origins ask, are, are you going to get the Nanika Smitch? Now, I don't know if any of you have seen the Nanika the Nanika Smitch. It's a fake switch that came out of brazil and it just looks absolutely awful but so awful that it actually looks funny so i've been trying to get hold of hold of it for like four months now but unfortunately it's so hard to get things uh from brazil shipped to the uk i've gone into like their ebays and their fake weird websites but nobody's shipping them it's almost like nintendo have found them and gave them a cease and desist and they are not anywhere if you do know how to get hold of one let me know like if you live in brazil holler at your boy i would pay you good money for that nanika smitch okay i think it's best to leave it there like keep this episode one short and sweet definitely get in your comments below and i will try and read through them all quickly so uh, let me know as well using the thumbs up button if you did enjoy this video i know it's a long one and i'm hoping you guys just kind of listen to it in your spare time while you do some work or you're surfing the web it's just a little something extra to give you guys over the coming weeks while we're all a bit bored and we're all a bit self-isolated and if you do enjoy it please do hit subscribe i'm going to try and get these out every friday and yeah let me know what questions you have in the next episode. I don't know what to talk about in the next episode, but I want to keep it kind of retro gaming related. But as you know, I'm well into like my old school Pokemon trading card game. I love collecting that. We can talk about where they're going to go, or we can talk about retro gaming movies. We can talk about other handhelds. We can talk about fake consoles. We can talk about the Game Boy modding community, where that's going to go, because there are some serious companies and serious modders out there that are doing some nice stuff with the old school Game Boy. So there's plenty to talk about over the next coming weeks. Definitely hit subscribe. And again, thank you for watching the first episode of Retrospect. See you in the next one.